Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. That's good. It is so good to see you. We got some very special guests in the house. Can we give our first time bridge guests a big clap? It's going to be a great day if you're a first time guest right in front of you. A seat back pocket is a communication card. If you'll be so kind to take one, fill it out. For service, take it to the right as you go out to our guest services table or desk, and they'll give you a free t-shirt, free book, and we'll send you a Chick-fil-A gift card in the mail absolutely free. Absolutely free. No strings attached. We won't show up at your door. We just want to say we love you. We want to welcome those who are online today. Thank you for joining us. I have a couple of special guests here today. Charles and Nathan, all the way from Pace, Florida, Pensacola, Florida. If you guys, I want you guys to come to the stage. Please come up here. Come on, give them a hand. These guys come from a great church called Voyage Church. So if you know anybody in Pace or in Pensacola, you're military, you know some families that are there, send them to Voyage Church. Voyage Church is a church that we sponsored about a year plus ago, and uh, it is really growing. You guys are a part of that. They drove, how many hours did you guys drive? 14 hours to get here. <laughs> and they drove overnight. You guys drove through the night, and uh, you guys went to the men's outing last night. You're coming to church today. You're coming to the night of worship tonight. <laughs> Jen, who was with us yesterday at the men's outing, is going to be here tonight also ministering around the altar, maybe sharing some more. So if you're online, don't be online tonight because there will be no online. Get in the building and uh, be with us tonight at 6 o'clock at worship. The cafe will open at 5, I think, and we'll have an hour before church or so to get some coffee to get amped up for a night of worship. It'll be powerful. But we sponsored this church, uh, Pastor John Teal, a little over a year ago. And they've been going on about a year and a half. I helped coach John. We financially supported them. And they're running about 500 people already for about a year and a half. Come on, get down here. Come on. Because of you guys being willing to give to a church you probably will never go to, you guys have been impacted. We love you guys. Thank you guys so much. We send your greetings to Voyage Church, Pastor John Teal, his wife. God bless you. Give these guys a hand. Awesome, awesome church. Coming up in August is at the movies, but we have another event here in August. It's called the Global Leadership Summit. If you guys could put that up on the screen, Global Leadership Summit is going to come up somewhere, I think. Am I right back there, guys? Am I right? I'm going to wait. I'm going to make you sweat. Am I right? Is it coming up? Pastor Christian, help me. Is it coming up? Okay, it's coming up. I want you to take out your phone. If you're in business, if you're a nurse, a teacher, doctor, lawyer, Indian chief, whatever, uh, I want you to take a picture of that Global Leadership Summit right here at Bridge Church. This is an international leadership, leadership event. It's going to be actually uh, simulcast right here. Another church locally used to uh, host this, but that church could no longer do it, and 
at the Leadership Summit came to us and we said, yeah, we'll host it. It's for high-end leaders, for business owners, for nurses, teachers. You want to learn leadership. You want to learn how to serve. You want to learn uh, more things about what it means to lead in a community. You want to be a part of this coming up the 3rd and 4th of August Global Leadership Summit. We've already got 40 nurses signed up for it. Woo! And our goal is to have over 200 people in attendance, and we believe we're going to hit that. And teachers, if you're a teacher, sign up. Sign up. We, we need godly teachers. Woo! Amen. Amen. And we need good leaders in our community. Today is a great day. We had a great, great, great men's outing yesterday. I know it was cold. The wind was blowing at 40 knots, and the fire kept us warm. And uh, I, I had an opportunity to do some hand wrestling, and uh, I'm not going to tell you if I won or not. Just ask uh, Pastor Eric Fritz from North Carolina. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, we have a great man, Jed Hill, Pastor Jed Hill, and his wife Allison in the house. Give him a hand of All the way from Youngstown, Ohio, played football four years at Penn State. University, come on now. She got jersey on. Come on, come on. Who's got jersey? I don't believe that because they're Tardio fans here. <laughs> but he's gonna bless your heart, bless your life today. Give Pastor Jed a big, big welcome. How we doing, Prince Church? Listen, I might be a little loud today. I was on this plane coming here. My ear popped. I can't hear out of my right ear still. So y'all are about to get it today. She's the same. They're never going to be the same. You know, this morning, we gave hell a hard time. Can I just tell you, he's not done yet. What my God starts, he finishes. Yeah, I just want to honor your pastor. I appreciate you more than you know. I was telling my wife, like, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here in front of you. But my God. Amen. Hey, Pastor Mark Jesus. <laughs> thank you, God. But I can tell you, man, um, my wife and I, we flew down here and uh, give it up for my beautiful wife. Looking like a whole snack over there. I can say that that's my wife. She hates flying. And I was like, hey, I'm preaching at Bridge Church this weekend. She's like, I, my whole church is Bridge of Hope. She thought I was preaching at home. I was like, no, baby, we gotta get on a flight. She's like, I'm not going. I said, yes, you are. I need you. I don't just need her, I want her too. I'm gonna do me a favor. Look at your neighbor and say you look like a miracle. Now turn to your other neighbor and say you look like you need a miracle. I'm here to testify today because I am a walking, talking, Give hell a hard time round two, ding ding. Go. 
This morning we're going to be in Luke 15. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke 15. If you don't, it will be on the screen behind me. But man, this music is playing. This, this table is set. And I just... How many people know that everything you need, and I mean everything you need, is in the presence of God? Yes. And His presence is here. Yes. And the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. There is what? Freedom from what? Freedom, freedom from needing to know the outcome before you take the first step. Freedom from your anxieties, your fears, whatever you're going through. Whether you're on the mountaintop or in the valley. God's got some freedom for you this morning. So turn to your Bibles to Luke 15. I want to start in Luke 15. And Jesus, I'll paraphrase the first couple of verses. I'm forgot to make a slide. So if you have your Bibles, you can read along with me. Luke 15, 1. It says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around here, Jesus. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law murmured, Who is this man? He's talking to the sinners. Who here has ever sinned before? I don't see your hand up. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Amen. And how many people are glad that God talks to sinners? He doesn't love the sin, but he loves the sinner. And God will meet you right where you're at. So I don't care what road you're walking down. I don't care what valley you're going through. What I do know is there's this man named Jesus who will meet you right where you're at. And when he meets you right where you're at, he never leaves you there. Yeah, yeah. So Luke 15, Jesus responds back to these, these Pharisees. He responds back with three parables. Now a parable is a heavenly truth with an earthly meaning. In the first parable, he responds back, he responds back with the lost sheep. Is that anybody's testimony here? He responds with the lost sheep. He said that if a shepherd had a hundred sheep and lost one, wouldn't the shepherd go out and find the one? And when he found the one, he would put it around his shoulders and go back and say, hey, rejoice with me. Yeah. He tells the other parable of a woman who lost a very valuable coin. And she lost this coin, and it says, the Bible says that she lit a candle and ran through her house, and I'm sure she was messing it up, running all over, and she's looking everywhere. She's desperate. This coin is so valuable that when she finally finds this coin, she calls her neighbors and says, rejoice with me, for this coin I lost is now found. Yeah. Amazing grace. How sweet that sound. This saint, a wretch like I don't know about you, but I'm my own worst enemy. Yeah. The devil has lied to me and discouraged me. Here we go. I need you to know this morning, the Bible says the devil's a defeated foe. Yes. So he can't defeat you. He only does two things to you. He'll distract you right. and discourage you. Because yep. 
my Bible tells me no man can shut a door that God opens. And no man can open a door that God shuts. But what the devil does, he'll distract you from ever walking to, through it. Or he'll discourage you to get you to quit before you ever walk through it. He's not smart, he is sly. And he'll use the same things over and over and over. And then there's this third parable. And this third parable is the story of my life. How many people know that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the power of not just mine, but our testimonies? Jesus already died on the cross and did his part. He said, guess what, Briggs? It's your turn. Who's going to be the one to reach the one to set him on fire in this area? He calls you and I in Matthew 5, 6, the salt and the light of the world. He doesn't say it as a compliment. He says it as a responsibility. You and I are responsible to be the light in someone's dark, dark world. Amen. You and I, yes. salt is a preservative. You and I are supposed to preserve God's love and his mercy here on earth. Yes, yes. Makes me real, real thirsty. But the Bible says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for his righteousness, for they shall be filled. So, not only are you going to be blessed, you're going to be filled. So, who in here is a little thirsty this morning? And Jesus talks about the prodigal. Now, the prodigal. Is a person who leaves home and behaves recklessly, but later makes a repent and return. You know, the Bible says that we are all prodigals. Say, what do you mean? I believe I saw every hand but yours raise up for yourself to sin. <laughs> but listen, we are all sinners. We've all fallen short of his glory. And when we sin, we turn our back on God. I got a question for you morning though and I want you to let this resonate for you before we come back to it are you sold out or are you a sellout Jesus is saying hey there's no riding the fence with me either all in or you all out what are you going to do with your 30 shots let that resonate just for a little bit because God's calling you higher a higher way of thinking, a higher way of feeling. You gotta go higher. Sometimes you're at the wrong door. God's calling you higher. Luke 15. There's choices of the prodigal. Luke 15, 12, 13 says, the younger one said to his father, Father, give me. Pause. I don't know about you, I got a two and a half year old son. Put that picture up real quick. I'm, I'm, y'all are the best back there. Wrong one, that's not my son. Jesus <laughs> Go back to the main card. I want to show you a picture of my son. It says that it says that the son said to his father, Father, give me. I don't know about you, but I got this two-year, two and a half year old son, and he learned this word, give me. And I gotta remind this little cat that, hey, nothing you have is yours. Right. Everything you have is mine. Yeah. You can borrow it, 
Hey, talk. But he's in the stage of give me, and I'm like, oh man, if you only knew. So he divided the property up between them not long after. The younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth in wild living. I don't know about you. I, maybe my mind's messed up, but I'm thinking wild living. Like this cat's in a trap house. Like he's out there. And there's my son, Jedediah James Jr. Right there. But anyway, he's the give me kid right now. All right. <laughs> So in Luke 15, we talk about the choices of the prodigal. And listen, a prodigal doesn't become a prodigal overnight. Right. It's a life that is full of distractions, and distractions ultimately lead to destruction. Mm. I need you to know that every door that's open right. isn't a door from God. Amen. The devil be opening these trap doors, and oh, they look good on the outside. Yeah, come over here. How many people know that? Sin always promises more than it delivers. And once he gets you to step in this door, you're stuck in regret, shame, guilt. I wish I would have never. But the devil's not, he's, not he's, he's, he's still not smart. And he will distract you and discourage you once he gets you in. But I just want you to be aware that God isn't the only one who opens doors. The lie. The lie the prodigal often tells himself is you can have it now. You deserve it now. Right. You can have it your way. <laughs> but I need you to know the kingdom of God does not operate like Burger King. <laughs> you can't have it your way. God says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to get the fight set by me. He says, I am. So if he's the way, that means your mama's not the way, your daddy's not the way, your friends aren't the way, another relationship with all the red flags isn't the way. Right. He says, I'm the way. The truth. And can I just tell you something, man? The Bible says, if you know the truth, in John 8, 31, the truth will set you free, right? Which also means a lie will keep you bound. Yes, yes, yes. But if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. <laughs> Listen, we got a lost and dying world out there that needs to know the truth. Yes. And we always tell them that God is love and God's grace. You can go, go do you, boo. God will forgive you. And yes, he will. But no, the last thing you should be doing is you, boo. Yeah. Listen, I don't know about you. I, I want to hate sin. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of tolerating it. Yes. Yeah, come on. The Bible says in Hebrews 1-9, those who love righteousness right. and hate sin, yep. that God, your God, will anoint them more than your companions. Yep. I don't know about you, but I need the anointing of God. I need the presence. And God's saying, listen, if you don't hate sin like I hate sin, if your heart doesn't break for what breaks mine, right. you ain't going to get that extra anointing. My words go without void. You can ask my wife a lot of the time. But when the Holy Spirit comes inside me, ooh, he'll pour out. We just got to stop manufacturing right. and start manifesting. Wow. 
And then he will pour out by his spirit. But there's also consequences of the prodigal. The prodigal's consequences in uh, Luke 15, 14. It says, after he had spit everything, that means he was broke. <laughs> there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. How many people know if you leave your father, you're going to be needy? So he, he went out to hire himself to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. The, the, to feed the pigs. He no longer, he longed to fill the stomach with the pods the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. I find it interesting that the prodigal goes to someone else to get only what the father had. How often do we go to all these different things to Hey, Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will fall into place. But we don't want to put him first. You will become like the God you serve. And anything you put before God is your God. Can I just tell you, I was a sinner on my way to hell, but God saved my soul. I was lost, I was blind, but I'm found and I can see. I can imagine this prodigal being in the pig pen. I can imagine it because that's my story. You can put that picture of me up next. Here's a picture of me, Fabio. <laughs> this is a picture of me four and a half years ago. My monk shop. Take January 14th, 2019. I look at this guy's eyes and I don't even know who he is. And neither does he. He didn't know who he was or let alone whose he was. Lost, suicidal, drug addicted. But God. See, I... There's some things you need to know. We said that a prodigal, it's a slow fade, right? I never woke up one day and said, hey, I think it'd be a good day to be a drug addict. I think it would be a good day to feel so depressed that I want to get out of bed. I think it would be a great day to feel so lonely and so hated and so stuck in my mess that I want to kill myself. That was never on my vision board. It was never on my radar. But in 2019, I met this man named Jesus. And can I just tell you, he met me at my lowest stage in my life. I got sentenced to prison. I had six felonies, six misdemeanor warrants out, all drug related. And I go into the judge, and the judge says, Hill, I'm going to save your life today. I'm going to send you to prison. I can remember going back to the cell the next morning. I got kicked underneath the paper. And the front page of the paper said, from Penn State to the state pen. 
and I had a picture of me sacking Troy Smith in 2006 for our first ever whiteout game. I can remember in that moment feeling so depressed and so lonely. I didn't want to live anymore. And I remember a time that she threw up the top bunk and the tears coming out of my eyes. I couldn't call anybody in my family. I had ruined every relationship because of my drug addiction. And I remember tying the sheets around the top, bunking myself. I remember sitting down on the, sitting down on the bottom bunk and tucked my feet under. I tied three knots underneath my neck and I can remember the last words I said is, Mom, I'm sorry. And I leaned forward and I took my own life. Six days later, I wake up in the hospital and I remember panicking. I had a breathing tube in and a catheter in and, and all these different things. I couldn't speak. My voice was like, you're a, a raspy. I ruined uh, some of my vocal cords. And I remember it was almost a day later that the nurse from the jail came in and she said, Jeff, she had tears coming out of her eyes. She's like, you shouldn't be here. I remember looking at her and saying, hey, I don't want to be here. She asked me this question. This question changed my life. She said, Jed, if you could be really honest with what you're going through in your life, could your life be different? Mm -hmm. So what do you mean? She said, Jed, if you were really, really honest with what you're going through, could your life be different? Because transparency leads to transformation. She handed me this Bible in my cell. I went back to the jail and I was on suicide watch. And when you're on suicide watch, they put you in a turtle suit. You guys don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> anyway, all I had was this. I can remember throwing this thing against the wall and I was mad at God because some of the things that had happened in my life, I thought I should be this. And I, I was like, but uh, how many people know that? We don't serve a if and then God. We serve an even now God. And God will meet you where you're at even now. He says, cast all your cares upon me because he cares for you. All your cares means. Oh. Okay. And I can remember, man, having a problem with God. Because I, I didn't have a father who was like the heavenly father. I was abused. I was molested. I was beaten. So my view of a father was very common. But then my mother. How many people in here have a praying mother? My mother instilled some verses in me when I was young. The Bible says, train the child in the way they should go, although they depart. It will not. Why? Because the word of God does not grow away. We're a seed planted. It must grow. Even though it's got to grow through dirt, it's got to grow. See, listen, my God's a gardener. He gets down in the dirt in the muddy situation. I don't care what you're going through in your life. God said, hey, I help you. I ain't going to stay down there with you, but I'll bring you out. Remember reading John 3, 16. One of the verses she made me realize as a young kid. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever. I never saw that before. I said, man, I want to be a whosoever. Romans 5.8 led me to my knees. That God demonstrated. And then King James Version says, God commanded his love towards us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So while I was a drug addict, while I was a felon, while I was molested, while I was in suicidal thoughts and depression and anxiety and fear, he still died for me. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I need that God on my team. So I recruited him. I recruited him by getting on my knees. I said, God, I need you. God, I surrender my life to you. I give you all that I am and all that I will be. Save my soul. I want to be a whosoever. I can remember getting up in my cell and hiding out to serve time in prison. You know, like the prodigal, God's grace is sufficient, but God's grace will not cancel out the consequences of your choice. So still price to pay. He prayed the ultimate price, but you still got a price to pay for some of these choices you're making. Got up and felt a little different. Had to go spend some time in prison, but can I just tell you, I was a locked up a day in my life. God set me free from me. He set me free from my fear and my anxiety. I'm no longer a slave of fear, for I am a child of God. So not only do I know who I am, I know whose I am, and identity drives behavior. So now I'm a mighty man of God. All I say is the devil should have took me out while he had me. Because now I'm about my father's business. (laughs) This last part in this, and this is a moment between you and God. Do not let this moment pass you. It says the celebration of the compassion of the Father. And I thought about naming this message the compassion of the Father, right? Because it's not what about what the Son did, it's what the Father did. It says that the Son got up from the pig pen and wanted to go home, right? He said, my Father has what I need. I'm starving to death is what he said. And it says in Luke 15, 20, it says, but while he was still a far way off, his father was filled with anger. You got to change that in the back. That, that, that can't be what it says. <laughs> After he did his pops dirty like that, he's filled with regret. Oh, compassion for his son. He said he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him. He didn't care what his son looked like, smelled like. You know, this cat just came out of a pig pen. He wrapped his arms around him and he kissed him. For the son of mine was gone. He's now home. He said to his servant, he said, quick, bring out the best robe and put it on. Man, why are we always giving God our leftovers and he's bringing us his best? Right. He emptied heaven out of our accounts. Right. He said, put some Jay's on his feet. 
<laughs> got a ring on his finger. I'm dyslexic, so I read that backwards. <laughs> Man, so not only did the father accept him, the father gave him gifts. And he said this, I want to wrap you with this robe of righteousness. It's just shame and depression and anxiety, the fear and the things you're going through right now. I never intended you to feel that way, God's saying. But I'm going to wrap you up. Genesis 2.25 says God created Adam and Earth, Adam and Eve, and not Adam and Steve. Oh, wrong. am I in the right month? Oh, I'm sorry. Adam and Eve. And he said that he felt no shame. So out of every single emotion and every single feeling, God never intended you to feel shame. Why? Because shame says you are something wrong. Guilt says you did something wrong. But we have a loving and gracious Father. He says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to cleanse us of our sins and forgive us of a little bit of our righteousness, right? Oh! oh. All of our righteousness. There's nothing you've done that could jeopardize what God's done. He's made the ultimate sacrifice. And he gets the, the ring on his finger and baby, go ahead, show him that ring. I'm so proud of this ring I got my way. <laughs> I was five months out of prison. Had a twin brother that signed for it. Hallelujah. <laughs> where, where, are my, where, are my, where are my military guys in here? Thank you so much for the God in my heart. My twin brother is in the Marine Corps. Three tours, Afghanistan, Iraq, Fallujah. Two Purple Hearts, fully medically retired. I decided to go to Penn State and take the easy route. He's like, no, I'm going to go keep your freedom. I'm, I'm seriously thank you guys for the bottom of my heart. And he put the sandals on his feet. And the sandals show a sign of saying, hey, you're no longer a slave to sin. You're a child of God. Yeah. The father said to the son, he said, quick, to the servant, bring out the fat and cat. In order for something to get fat, you gotta feed it. <laughs> I don't know where the father can imagine. The whole time I was gone, I can imagine the father going out and buying this little baby calf. When he came out, man, you gotta eat. I need you to, I need you to beef up. We're about to have a party for the son of mine is lost, but he's about to be fat. Because <laughs> the word of God will not grow void. <laughs> the seeds that are planted must grow. So eat, eat every day. Come on, eat, eat. <laughs> you look hungry. Eat. He said, in order for in order for there to something to live, there's gotta be a death. He said, bring out. He said, go kill him, and then begin to celebrate. Jesus died the cross for you. He made the ultimate sacrifice so you and I can live. The gospel simple. It says that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. He came for the sinner and died so we can live for the savior. Simple. Simple. Listen, God's not expecting you to be perfect, but what does want progress? 
John, come on. Come on, slide lady. I appreciate you. What's that saying? The first four words? I am the door. God, Jesus said, I am the door. I am. Not your situation. Not the pig pen you've been in. I'm the door. If any man enter in, you might be saved. You saved me, you set me free. Now I'm just opening my mouth to sing his praises because he brought me up out of a horrible pit. <laughs> oh, you put that for you too? Oh, you should be reading it. There's people in here this morning, and I want to call this out and listen. This has got to set. There's some, I felt this, and I talked to my wife earlier before, and she's like, go ahead. I got the proof from Boo Boo. <laughs> the Holy Spirit been talking through her. Find yourself a God-fearing wife. Mm. If everybody could bow their heads and close their eyes, then I want you to see it for this. Transparency leads to transformation. Listen, there's nobody looking around. I don't want to see any eyeballs. Please let this moment with you and God. Listen, God's about to do some things in your life that are so powerful and unique right since the spirit in here and I, I can't leave this. If in the last 12 months you've been depressed, so depressed that you didn't feel like getting out of bed, or you've had thoughts of you didn't want to be around anymore, I want you to raise your hand. You can put your hands down. Oh my God. If in the last six months You've had suicidal thoughts and you've had thoughts about not wanting to be here anymore. I want you to raise your hand. My God. If in the last 30 days you've had depression so bad that you didn't know how you were going to face your day, you've had thoughts of just wanting to take your own life and get it over, in the last 30 days I want you to raise your hand. last 48 hours you've had thoughts about hurting yourself or suicidal thoughts I want you to raise your hand right now transparency leads to transformation I see those hands put your hands down like God sees those hands God never intended you to feel the way you're feeling that what you're going through God said hey Revelation 3 says I'm at the door and I'm knocking I see, I see this I see the depression, I see the anxiety, I see the fear, I see the suicidal thoughts. I died so you can live. I never intended you to feel that way. I need you, I want you. I want to be in a relationship with you. If we can all stand to our feet. We have the power and authority. These things have the power in Jesus' name. We have that power and authority. That what you're going through is not bigger than the God I serve. In Revelations, it talks about how the spirit is the groom or the bridegroom. And 
there's somebody sitting here today that said, hey, yeah, man, I, I, I've given my life to Christ. I said I do. My question to you today is, are you sold out of yourself? Remember that question? What have you been doing since? Or maybe it's your first time you've never given your life to Christ. You say, hey, man, this God you're talking about seems pretty good. It's because he is. My question to you, if you have said I do to the groom, have you cheated on him? Has your sin caused you to cheat on God? Do you need to renew your vows today? Because right now, Apostle Paul says today is the day of salvation. Now is the time of God's favor. Somebody shout now. Yeah. Not when you get your act cleaned up. Not when you change your habits. Not when other people approve of you. Not when you even approve of yourself. He says now, today. I don't want you leaving here in the same way you came in. It's going to be different. You said, hey, Jeff, that's me. I want everybody's eyes closed. It's between you and God right now. Jed, that's me. I've cheated on God. I need to renew my vows. God, I'm, Jed, I want to be in a relationship with God. This God, I need him. I want him. I, I need to feel the passion and the love. If that's you, you're saying, hey, pray for me. I need to renew my vows today. I've cheated on him. My sin has caused me to cheat on him. Raise your hand. My God, put your hands down. Lift your eyes up. Lift them up higher. Bible says, lift your eyes to the hills, for where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. The Lord's about to come pick you up out of that mess right now. If that's you, and you raised your hand, and you're saying, hey, I need the blessings and the favor of God. I need to recommit my life. Oh, hey, listen, I'm about to give my life. I don't care who's around you. When you sold out of your cell out. Meet me up here. One. I know the enemy of your soul is trying to distract you. This girl didn't even go, come on. Yeah. 
we've allowed the enemy to push us in a corner and say, and tell us there's no hope. Right. Come on. But there's hope. Yes. Oh, yes, there is. Yes. Come on. Jed didn't tell his whole story. He was in a motorcycle crash. should have killed him. But God. Yeah. But God. is afflicted and addicted yes. and the enemies push people into a corner saying there's no hope but there is yes yeah. okay. the Jesus Don't stop. 